Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, and right now I'm by myself, and you don't want to hear all my gardening tips. So we're, gonna, we're waiting for uh, Julie or Teresa or Mary to, uh, to chime in here. But in the meantime... If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, I'm going to give you the phone number and the text number. It is the same number while we're waiting for uh, one of our experts, Master Gardener, or those folks from the U of M to uh, give us a shout. Uh, 651-989-9226. That's the text number and uh, the phone number. And I do believe it's Master Gardener Teresa Rooney today. Teresa, glad, that <laughs> glad is you correct. made it in. Woo! Me too. I, was, uh, I looked at the wrong day on my calendar. Well, I'm glad you're there. <laughs> uh, that's what counts, and you're going to help us. Very good. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, helped us out a number of times in the past here on CCO, and we'll help you out today. So if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, by all means, uh, and you know we tend to get really busy. So if you have a question uh, via text or phone, call us. Text us, 651-989-9226. We did uh, get, uh, in fact, we got a couple of these already, uh, Teresa, uh, via text, and we'll uh, get some phone calls here in a moment. Uh, and I think I know what you're going to say to this one. It says, please describe proper technique for dormant seeding, uh, thin and bare spots in the lawn. Is now a good time to do it? Okay, that's a really good question. So dormant seeding is seed that you put down and you don't want it to grow this fall. So you want to wait until the ground is frozen or until we get the first big snow that's going to stay. Um, I would probably seed just before the first big snow that will stay, because if you put it down and the ground is frozen and we're still bare, the birds are going to eat all your seed. So wait until we get that first snowstorm, just before the first big blizzard comes in or whatever. Then put down your dormant seeding, and then the snow will cover it. It will stay where it's supposed to be, and then in the spring, it will sprout. Um, this doesn't work really well on hillsides because the snow melt may wash the seeds away. So you want to wait till we just get that first big snow. Um, and then dormant seed just before that is probably the safest bet. And, yeah, and, be- and before that, make sure you've raked really well so that seed can actually get down to the ground. Because if it's just sitting on top of a bunch of grass, nothing's going to happen. That's a good point. And uh, earlier, too, because I was thinking about it, doing doing it uh, some more, but uh, now we're almost mid-October. And if, if you do seed and it starts sprouting and suddenly we get a snowstorm, right. uh, you, you've kind of wasted the, little, the baby grass is not going to grow. It's yeah, not right. going to make it through winter, so you've wasted your money. 
All right. 651-989-9226. Tell you what, I'm gonna was gonna grab another text, but let's go to New Ulm, Minnesota. I think Mary Ellen is waiting there to ask you a question. Uh, good morning, Mary Ellen. What is your question? Good morning, Mary Ellen. Thank you for taking my call. About three weeks ago I had to cut down my clematises because they were we were painting the garage. Okay. And down about uh to a foot and a half, maybe a mm-hmm. foot. Yep. And now they're shooting up again. Am I going to lose them if it freezes, or should no. I cover them? Mary Ellen, your your, per, your um, call is perfect. Um, this is why we don't prune in the fall. But in your case, don't worry about it. Those those little um, plantlets that are coming up, the little leaf, uh, twigs that are coming up in the stems, they probably won't be strong enough to make it through winter. But the plant itself has a good root system, so it will come back just fine. But this is perfect because it shows that when you cut a plant, it does cause it to regrow. So we don't want to do that. But sometimes you have to because you're, you're, you're painting. So just cut it down. And next year, all you want to do is make sure that maybe when, the st- when everything starts to come up, you baby it next year. Just give it a little extra water if we need water. But keep watering this fall. That's really important. It okay. should be just fine. Good luck. Texter says, can I transplant some daylilies now, or should I wait till spring? Go ahead and transplant your daylilies now. I'd get them in as soon as possible. Uh, this weekend would be good. I think we're supposed to still have a nice week next week, and then I'm, I don't know what's going to happen after that. Who knows? But um, uh, get them in, water them well, and um, if it looks like suddenly the weather's going to start to get a lot colder and more seasonable, you may want to increase the mulch from the one inch that you've put down to maybe two inches, and that will just slow the cooling of the soil just a little bit to help the roots get a little more established. And then once everything's frozen on those plants that you've transplanted so late in the season, I would either put, um, once the ground is frozen, I would put a big layer of straw or if you don't have straw, I would uh, save some bags of leaves that are like half full. They're kind of floppy. And just plop the bag of leaves over that plant. What that will do is keep the ground frozen, and then it won't thaw out, and you won't get the plants popping out of the ground in January. All right. Very good. Uh, with the Let's see. Boy, there's so many coming in. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Several limelight hydrangea bushes have experienced broken branches by new deck construction I'm having done. Can I trim them now versus waiting till next spring? I've usually trimmed back in the springtime. Yep, trimming in the spring is good. In this case, though, the branches are broken, so I would just clean them up, you know, get the broken parts out, um, prune those little, the broken ends so they aren't long, and they're back to some leaf, uh, another nodule, or to make it not look nice and fresh so you don't have, like, little sticks poking up, I would go ahead and prune those back just to kind of clean it up a little bit and take all the dead stuff out, all the all the broken stuff out. Yep. And dead is dead. If it's dead, you can take out that any time. You don't have to wait for a special season. Okay. If you have a question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, call it in or text it in, 651-989-9226. I'll tell you what, let's grab a phone call before we take a break. I think Gary is calling in from St. Louis Park this morning. Thanks, Gary. What's your question? Hi, good morning, Jenny. Good morning, Teresa. Um, um, Teresa, about two weeks ago, I called in with a question about a yew that I have in front of my house that has little red berries on it, about the size of a pea. Yep, I heard that. And, yep. mm-hmm. and they told me, and I think it was you. That no, that's it was, actually, I think it was Julie. Oh, Julie. But that's okay. okay. Mm-hmm. 
and she she said that's a good sign. That's a healthy you. Yep. Uh, now I have a, a burning bush that's about five feet tall, and another little thorny prickly bush, and I'm not even sure what that is. It's kind of a a barberry. That's exactly what it is. And they have these little red berries on them now, too. And I'm wondering, is that also a good sign for those two bushes? Um, for, uh, for, uh, for the um, burning bush, that's probably it's just reflowering this year. And that happens sometimes. The plants get confused. We get warm weather and cool weather and warm weather, and they think, well, that was winter, so now I better bloom again. It happens sometimes. Um, with the barberries, I believe... They do get berries on them, and so that should be okay. It's nothing you can do. It's not a good sign or a bad. Well, for the you, it was a good sign. It's just what happens sometimes. So with the with the uh, burning bush, don't worry about it. It's just some extra flowers that you're getting this year. Normally, you'd see those in the spring. Um, with the barberry, it's possibly some flowers or the the actual little berries that it gets, and nothing to worry about. I know we have to break here, but I want to grab this text and see what okay. you have to say. With the leaves falling now, can I rake them up and till them directly into my garden? Sure. Just like that? Yep. Okay. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Short and sweet. I, I like that. You expect me to be that short-winded, I know. Uh, that's all right. We, uh, <laughs> we, we'll, we'll take this <laughs> quick break and be right back on the other side. 651-989-9226. We'll get you a phone call or text question to Master Gardener Teresa Rooney on our Smart Garden Show here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show around every Saturday here on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your lawn and garden questions uh, either by phone or by text. And we have a bunch of both uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, so let's get back to it. I'll tell you what, let me grab this text. Uh, it says, how can I propagate vinca vine for certain spread in the spring? Um, you could try uh, layering it now where you bury part of the, the stem that is growing. I'm not sure if it, if it would be best in the spring with backwood cuttings. That might be best. But you could try it now. So what you would do is just make a little tiny slit on the bottom of a longer stem and bury that stem, that slit, into the ground. You can hold it down with a little peg or something like that or a little rock. What you're trying to do is cause roots to grow there. And then next spring, if you want to, you can cut between the cut, between that little buried part and the mother plant. Just cut it and leave it sit there for like a week or two. If it looks like it's growing well, it rooted out. If it doesn't look like it's growing well, it didn't lift. Or if you don't want a chance, that you could just lift it up and see if there's a lift in there. And if there's not, you can just bury that part, and then it will root out in the spring for you. Um, but that's a great way to, to rid a lot of different plants. Sometimes it takes a season or two for the plants to set roots in that area where they're strong enough to be taken from the mother plant. Okay. Let's go back to the phones, Teresa. I think Al is calling in from St. Paul this morning. Al, you are on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Al. Hi. Uh, is this a good time to put in daffodils? Yes. Um, get them in as quickly as possible. Daffodils, they would be better the sooner you can put them in because they do need to get their roots going in the fall. So go ahead and put them in as quickly as possible. Yes. Okay. And then you can put your other bulbs in, tulips and all the minor bulbs in also. So get your bulbs planted, yes. And your garlic. Texter wants to know, what's the best time to trim branches on my maple tree? 
that you can trim a maple tree um, anytime, quote, unquote, but you really don't want to trim it now. If they're dead, take them off at any time. However, um, late winter or wait till the sap runs and then prune anytime after that uh, next summer, uh, next spring and summer up until about August 1st. All right, let's go back to the phone. Let's head to Comstock, Wisconsin. I think Florence has been waiting there. Florence, thank you. What's your question? Hi, Florence. Thanks for waiting. Yes, hi. Uh, love your show. We listen to it every Saturday. We love you, too. <laughs> okay, my question is about hibiscus. I got the plant as a gift, and, uh, of course, I've got it in the house, and it's growing like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh what can I do with this? I don't want this big old tree like You don't this. want a 40 foot tree in your house. No. You can, can you can you can cut it back. Go ahead. If it's going happy in the house, this is a tropical tropical hibiscus. Go ahead and cut it back as you need to. Sometimes they get so happy and there's so there's so much energy that they just grow. That just means it's a happy plant. You can go ahead and trim that as, as ever you need to. Um, do watch for spider mites because they do tend to get spider mites in January, February because they're pretty stressed in our homes. So just oh. watch for that and and just it's they're easy to take care of. You can just spray them off with a, put it in the shower and give it a good spray or use an insecticidal soap that's labeled for okay. hibiscus and spider mites. After I cut it back? It should. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's getting enough sunlight, it'll bloom. Um, so, so don't worry about cutting it. The cutting's not gonna gonna change the blooming. It'll still bloom, but you're just trying to regulate its growth a little bit. And then, if you do need to repot it, don't keep repotting it into a bigger pot. Keep it in the same pot, but do a little root pruning. And you can go to the extension site, extension.umn.edu, and see how to do root pruning so you don't have to keep getting bigger pots for these trees. You can just keep them in a smaller pot. That helps also regulate the growth up top. Good good idea. Uh, Let's go to Red Wing, Minnesota. Bonnie has been waiting there. Bonnie, thank you. What's your question? Hi, Bonnie. Thanks for waiting. Hi there. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a question about hostas. And I'm wondering um, if I should be cutting them down to the ground in the fall here or waiting to spring. And I know in the spring it's always kind of difficult because the new ones are starting, little shoots are popping up, and I'm trying yeah. to get the old stuff off. But thought I so, would call and ask. <laughs> that's a good question. I just had a coworker who was going to trim back all his hostas um, this this summer or this weekend, and, he, and I said, they're still green and growing. Don't trim them back. So if green and growing, don't trim them back. Once they get killed by the frost and you've enjoyed their fall color, you can go ahead and cut them back in the fall, or you can wait till the spring and clean up in the spring. Um, I'm really lazy, so I let mine come up in the spring, and I haven't cut anything back, and the old stuff just kind of melts into the ground. It just kind of decomposes into the ground. It looks a little messy um, for till the big ones come back up again. But um, wait till they're killed by the frost, and then go ahead and prune them back in the fall. Texter wants to know, I want to reuse the seeds on my flowers to plant them next year. What's the best way to do this? Okay, you want to make sure that the seeds you've gotten are not from hybrids. If they're from hybrids, you're not quite sure what you're going to get next year. You can try it. It's not a big deal, though. Um, But if you're just saving seeds, you want to make sure you harvest them when they're ripe. And then make sure they're dry. And once they've dried, leave them out in the house for a few days to make sure that they're really dry. Put them in an envelope and label them what they are, 
when you collected them. Um, and then put that envelope into a glass jar like a mason jar or a clean um, uh, spaghetti sauce jar, something that you can put a lid on. Um, seal the lid, put them in the jar, seal the lid, and put that in your crisper in the refrigerator. And then when you want to take the seeds out, bring the jar out about two or four hours before you want to get the seeds out or overnight. Let the jar come to room temperature and then take the lid off. That way you won't get condensation and moisture inside the jar. Take your seeds out, go ahead and plant them. And understand that a lot of plants need winterization. They need the stratification for the winter. So the list needs to look up the seed if it needs to. Lots of our native plants need the stratification. So they're going to have to go through a cold spell before they will grow because that's what they would normally do in the winter time. So those are a great option for using for winter sowing. Or again, look on the website extension.umn.edu and see how to strat winter stratify your seeds because they won't, they won't sprout unless they've gone through that cold spell. All right. Teresa, we need to take our uh, bottom of the hour break. We'll have a look at that forecast. Could get some much-needed rain here tomorrow night. We'll talk about that. And we'll be back with another half hour of the show. Smart Garden here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And welcome. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden show around every Saturday here on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, Denny Long here along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney helping you out today. And as usual, Teresa, a lot of callers, a lot of texters. So let's get back to it. Uh, That's let's see. wonderful. Hey, I just noticed on the Yard and Garden line that they're yeah. collecting and storing seed articles. Done I'm sorry? They're got... collecting and storing seed article done on October 25th. So oh. that previous caller could find out more information. Very good. Okay, uh, let's go. Let's go. Da- uh, Diane is calling in from Blaine, I think, uh, this morning. Thanks for hanging on, Diane. What's your question? Yes. This spring, we had a, a 12 by 12 street screen house that we removed and um, got some of this carpet seed and uh, put that down, and it worked beautifully. You know, it looks like carpet, but it's got the seed and the fertilizer inside of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I've got some pieces left, you know, that we didn't use because we cut it to fit and everything. Sure. And... Um, is this something? Is that something I could put in a plastic bag and put in the house so it didn't freeze and use it again in the spring? It certainly should be. Yep, just keep it dry, as cool as possible. It should. It should be just fine. Okay, good. Uh, let's go to Let's go to New Richmond. I think Don has been waiting there. Has been waiting there. Don, you're on with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Hi, Don. Hi. Um, thanks for taking the call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a malt mash tree that I planted last year and it had it blossomed and had berries on last year this year it didn't do anything uh, the nursery told me I did not need the second tree what's your opinion on that you, you don't need a second tree the showy mountain ash will be just fine on its own it's just probably that it was maybe um you've disturbed it this year so it was kind of working off last year's growth in the pot so it was just kind of settled in and it was just what happens. It was putting more energy into the roots. Don't worry about it. Just keep it watered and do protect it against bunny and deer this week, this winter, uh, so they don't nibble the bark because they kind of like those trees. But it's it'll be just fine for you. Very good. A listener says I inherited a peace lily a couple of months ago. The flower seems to be sagging and looks to be drying up. Is that normal, or did I do something wrong? You did nothing wrong. That's totally normal. Once the flower dries up, you can cut that, that stem back 
and go ahead because it'll just brown up and look like a dead stick in there. So just go ahead and cut that back so you don't have to look at it. Keep the plant nice and healthy, and it'll bloom again for you. Enjoy it. A couple of texts there back-to-back here, uh, Teresa, and maybe we could feel them both. What is And I know you've talked about it uh, today already, but uh, what's the latest I can plant bulbs? And the other one says, is it still okay to plant tulip and daffodil bulbs? Yep, get your daffodils in as quickly as possible because they need more time to set roots. Um, tulips, you can plant until the ground's nearly frozen. I wouldn't suggest that because it's cold. But uh, go ahead and get those bulbs in. As long as you can dig the soil, you can get your tulips in. And if you've got daffodils already bought, if that's when you can get them in the ground, give it a shot because they won't make it over winter above ground. Um, and also, this is a great time to be planting your garlic. Do not mix your garlic with your daffodils. One's edible and one's poisonous. Mm, good to, and you good to know. And you can get confused. I don't want you to get confused and eat the wrong thing when mm, it comes thank up. Thank you. That's all. Good advice. Let's go to New Prague, Minnesota. I think Mary's been waiting on the phone there to ask you a question. Mary, you're on the CCO with Teresa. Hi, Mary. Hi. Um, I was just wondering, somebody last week wanted to know where they could get a northwest greening apple tree. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it okay to put the telephone number in town? Will you have one? Uh, no. Uh, Nelson's Apple Farm in Elko New Market. Okay. He's going to order a whole bunch of them in the spring. And if you want, you can buy them for fifteen dollars each from him. You just, you know, you just, and that's. A, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say, and that's an excellent thing. If you're looking for something special, and you do go through the Arboretum Library, the Anderson Library, and you find out where it is, maybe you don't want to order it from wherever, but you want it locally. Talk to your local garden center because they will do what they can to help you because they want your business. And it's great if you can keep your money local and help your local garden center because then they know that, hey, this there's an interest in this this thing so that they can buy it. So sometimes they can get them, sometimes they can't. But it's never a bad, bad opportunity to build up a really good relationship with your local nursery and talk to them and see what they can do for you. Very good. Thanks for the tip. Uh, Texter wants to know, is it too late to transplant peonies? You know, if you have to, you can go ahead and do it. Um, Try to disturb them as little as possible. Have the other hole already dug. Have your amended soil already there. Dig as big of a root area as you possibly can with the peonies. Lift them up. Put them in the other other hole. Backfill. Make sure that when you're replanting them, they are the same depth that they were before if they were blooming. Um, if, if you want the eyes, the little red points on the, um, on the, the growing part, uh, the, the roots, you'll, the root stuff, you'll see little red points, pink points, and they are the eyes. You want them right at the soil level or no more than one inch below the soil level. If you live in a clay soil, plant a little bit higher, so closer to, closer to the soil point to the soil edge. And then backfill and water really well. The reason you don't want to bury your plant too deep is if you bury it too deep, it becomes blind and it will only grow leaves. It will never grow flowers. And remember, your peonies, they need to be moved. So plant them where they can be for the next 50 years. Make sure they get a full sun. All right. Back to the phones we go. Bob is calling in from Minnetonka this morning. Bob, you're on CCO with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Hello. Good morning, Teresa. You guys have been great in helping us. Um, is it okay, or can you split mums like you can split hosta by just 
you know, cutting into the center of it? And is it, if that's true, can it, when can you transplant them? You know, um, I'm, I'm going to defer to the university website on this one because seem to think that mums are a lot harder to divide. They're, they're kind of tricky for our area and I'm not sure when the best time would be to do that. Uh, the extension website, extension.umn.edu, does have a great public publication on that, about 150 plants, how to divide them and when is the best time. So I don't want to give you the wrong information because I find mums really hard to grow, but that's just because I have a lot of faith. So, um, so that's I would defer to the university site. I'm sorry, I can't answer that question. Texter wants to know, when can I transplant my hydrangea? They are the purple ball-shaped ones. What do you think? Um, you know, it, we're, we're just getting to that point now where it's kind of, you're getting to the end of transplanting time, depending on what part of the state you live in. If you think that the ground will remain unfrozen in your area and above about 40 degrees in your area for the next four to six weeks, Go ahead and transplant things. If you're not sure, then when you transplant, mulch really heavy. If you don't think it's going to happen, wait till spring. Never heard this term put quite this way before because I've had my lawn aerated, uh, generally in the late uh, uh, summer, early fall. This is, should I spike aerate this fall? Is that the same thing? Um, I think a, a, rather than a core aerator that just pulls the cores out, I think a spike aerator, it just puts holes in the ground. Punches, punches holes in the ground. It just punches. I think that's what that is. And um, that what that's kind of doing is it's making holes in the ground, but it, it's, um, it's compacting the soil around it. So it might work. Um, I would probably, I would opt for a core aeration if you possibly can, rather than just a spike. Because yeah, you're just really compacting the soil. And don't wear golf shoes. Don't wear golf shoes. It's, <laughs> that's not enough. It's not deep enough, and it's kind of hard. Yeah, yeah. And don't oh. buy those, those shoes that with spikes on them that you walk right. on, because that rips up your knees. Don't do that. That doesn't oh, work. Dear. Yeah. All right, Teresa, let's go back to the phones uh, going to Otsego right now. Pete has been waiting there. Pete, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Pete. Hi. Good morning. Uh, I have a question about wintering geraniums mm-hmm. i live in a condo where i am very restricted on a cool basement um is there is there any way i can dry root them or is there any way to, to uh, overwinter them without having yep. places oh, excuse me sure um so you could grow them as a house plant if opportunity and that's a possibility. Just give them as much light as possible, and then they're just. Up. Otherwise, um, if you just um, draw, take out, take the plants out of the soil, or even leave them in the pot, let the pot dry, and just put it in a paper bag, and put it in like your coolest closet, the closet that maybe is on an outside wall, or just some place where they can just be kind of dark and and dry. The houses are going to be dry anyway. And then just uh, if they're in, if they're just bare, um, bare you've taken off the soil because you want to save space. Um, just, just just check the bags once a month to make sure they're not moldy, uh, to make sure that they're not super, super, super dry and they're kind of looking kind of um, uh, dead. You can spritz them with a touch of water. Otherwise, just leave them in the paper bags. And then in the in the spring, February, maybe March, go ahead and plant them up, get them growing again, and then in 
when it's warm enough, you can repot them in the big pot or just put them out on your balcony or wherever you place them. Okay. Thank you for that. 651-989-9226 is the phone call number and the text number. Uh, I know we have to break here momentarily, but Texter wants to know, can I <clears throat> excuse me, use milorganite as a fall fertilizer? Milorganite you can use as a fall fertilizer. Um, go ahead. Uh, if you mean for a winterizer, I probably wouldn't use it as a winterizer. I'm trying to think of what you would be using it on because you don't want to be fertilizing your, your plants at this time. And I would use it. You could use it as a winterizer if you want. I'm, I'm not sure how effective it's going to be, but okay. it doesn't hurt to put it down. And maybe this is a, a, a texture question that uh, we could send to the website. Right. What's the best way to get rid of crabgrass? Because there's oh, a whole that, bunch of information there. That, don't, don't worry about it. It's going to be dead as soon as you get the frost. And yeah. then next spring, just use the um, crabgrass invention. But get on yeah. the web, get on the university yeah. website, and you can yeah. find a whole plan there. At, uh, mm-hmm. Crabgrass uh, is an annual. It's going to die with the frost. Don't worry about it. All right. Uh, we're going to be back with phone calls and more text messages here on our Smart Garden Show on this Saturday morning on News Talk 830 WCCO. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny along here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions. And as usual, we have a bunch of both. But in reference to uh, earlier questions, uh, we just got a note from uh, Julie, Teresa, mm-hmm. about uh, the berries on the euonymus and the, the barberry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they oh, are berries the f- do go on euonymus. You're right, yeah. And are the fruit, Julie says, also uh, on the website, there's bulb info. We're getting a lot of bulb questions today. Also yep. bulb info and video yep. on the extension website I, under yep. flowers. Yep, under and flowers. There's, also, there's also a video under the yard and garden line I saw. So or that's good. The, uh, the yard and garden um, uh, newsletter. Thank you very much, Julie. Nice Thanks, to know that Julie. you're out there. You guys are great. Uh, let's grab a call from Joyce, who's calling in from Stillwater, uh, Minnesota, this morning. Joyce, you're on with uh, with Teresa Rooney this morning. Hi, Joyce. Good morning, and thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Similar to Pete's phone call um, a little bit ago, I'm, I have a question about overwintering Boston ferns. Mm-hmm. Every year I typically purchase about 10 of them for my front porch, and in an effort to save a little money next year, I'm wondering if I might be able to winter them. Sure. You can bring them into the house. You'll just need to, um, again, I would refer to the website for the special care, but they don't need the super bright lights, just an ex, uh, east exposure, or if your south window doesn't get that much light, you can use that. Um, and they like a little more humidity in the air, so maybe you can uh, put them on pebble trees or um, just add a little humidifier to their area. Just water them, and they should be happy. Uh, Boston ferns were typically a house plant, so coming into the house is absolutely no problem for them. Okay. Here's a text that says, foliage has died back on my oriental and Asiatic lilies. Is now a good time to move them? Um, again, I would refer to probably I would not move them now. The, the, you could if you wanted to, but... It, it's getting to the time where we might not be wanting to move plants and, and everything else. Uh, look at the website, see when they refer, when they prefer you to do that. And if you do decide to move them, dig down deeper than you think you have to go because they do tend to root themselves deeper and deeper into the soil. So sometimes those little baldlets can really work down there. 
Um, if you have to move them, you have to move them, then go ahead. Otherwise, I would probably wait till spring on those guys. Okay. Uh, another listener says this, how do you grow jack-in-the-pulpits from seed in a pot indoors? I have kept the soil moist, but they won't sprout in my pot. Thank you. You know, I would probably uh, look at putting those for winterization. They probably do need a winter stratification for you, so they need to be cold. Um, again, I would maybe go to the university website, extension.umn.edu, and just double-check that. But I know that if you just leave them outside, so they could be a good option for using in the winter sowing method, where you actually would plant them outdoors in a milk jug in January, and then they do get go through the stratification, the winter cold, and um, that will break the seed coat and help the seed to germinate then in the spring for you. Any suggestions? Texter wants to know on overwintering my geraniums. They're in a garden, not in pots. Okay, so if, if these are regular, the red polygonatum, whatever they are, um, I can never say that. Um, if they're the uh, regular red geraniums that everybody buys as an annual, they will not overwinter outside. They, they are too tender. If they are the real geraniums, the, the native geraniums or the geraniums that we grow that have the Latin name of geranium, they'll do just fine outside and you don't have to worry about them. Okay. Here's another one. Uh, my mom's Annabelle hydrangea has died out in the very center there are lots of shoots around the edges. Can I dig up shoots and plant them in the middle, or ought I dig it all up and start over? You you could dig up shoots and plant them in the middle. Uh, lots of times you'll see the center of lots of perennial plants do die out just because that gets hard and woody in that area. Uh, there's no more nutrition in that area. So sometimes digging up and replanting in that area works. I would add a bunch of compost if you do decide to do that, um, and that's what I would do. Or dig up, if the plant's a reasonable size, you can dig up the whole plant and then just divide out the, the hard, woody, dead stuff and take that all out and then replant the plant back again. Listener's going to be soon bringing in my 2019 poinsettia from outdoors. It grew nice new leaves, but will it bloom again by Christmas? Oh, I think you might be past the Christmas time. Um, I would go to the website, and, and I'm not trying to be lazy here. I'm just going to the website because there's a specific routine of night or of dark and light that you have to give those poinsettias so that they get to the, the leaves turn red again. So, so you have to go through specific, and if you break it, you have to start all over again. So it can't have any light for a certain number of hours. So you put a box over it, and then you take the box off of it. Um, so there's a specific routine to go through, and it takes weeks and weeks and weeks. So I would definitely go to the website and get that information, extension.uman.edu, because I do not want to tell you the wrong, the wrong numbers. And but it just uh, 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 just generally speaking, that's is such a great resource. That website, it so really, much information on there. Yeah, yeah. You could you could just get lost down rabbit holes all over on that <laughs> website. So on cold winter days, rainy fall days, go yes, ahead, hit that. There's nothing good on TV anyway. No, I'm with you. What's an effective way? Listener wants to know. Oh boy, to get rid of moles in the lawn. I have an area that's infested. Um, I think they talked about this last week, too. Um, so moles eat meat. 
Um, they are going after the grubs and the worms and things like that that they can find in the ground. So um, there, there's not a lot of good things on the market, but you can use something, uh, some of the mole um mole away or mole tox, they're castor oil. And what you want to do is start in one area of your yard and, and apply that so that they don't like that area. And then start, then move that circle out or move that line out until you go through your whole yard. It may take a little while, but that will get the moles out of there. Understand that if you have a, a Japanese beetle grub infestation, the moles are helping you by eating that. So as long, if there's no food, the moles aren't going to be there. Um, but if there's still food, the moles will be there. So you can slowly move them out of your area. You don't want to panic them because it really makes a mess, I guess. You just want to apply a little bit and then move it out and move it out until you've gotten to the edges of your property and the moles are gone. And that's so you, castor oil. You mentioned it earlier in the show, Teresa, but a tester wants to know, is now a good time to plant garlic? Now is a really good time to plant garlic. So garlic likes a really um, uh, rich organic soil. So add a bunch of compost, plant your garlic about two to four or probably about four inches apart for each little bulb, each little uh, bulb that you plant or the little, the little, oh, I forgot the name of it. Sorry, brain dead. But uh, each little bit of garlic, garlic, garlic that you're planting. Um, uh, cover it in. You want to plant them about two inches deep. So you want to plant so that there's a pretend little bulblet on top of it. So you plant them like two inches deep. Uh, water them in really well. Sometimes they'll sprout. Sometimes they won't. If they sprout, don't worry about it. But then in the winter, as the ground freezes, you may want to throw a little bit of leaves or mulch over them or some straw just to keep that soil regulated in temperature. Pull that back in the spring. They'll come up just fine, and then uh, make sure you weed and water well next year. But yep, now is the time to plant garlic. It seems weird, but yep, that's the time to plant garlic. Teresa, we have about a minute to go. Texter says, should I keep watering my young red oak on the boulevard? The ground is so dry. Please, please water. Please water. Any of your trees, your trees, your evergreens especially, anything you just planted this year, please water. Uh, you want it between you and mom nature, one inch of water a week. And we hope that the forecast is true, at least around oh, here, for tomorrow night. Yeah, <laughs> maybe in a, maybe an inch of uh, rain by tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, all right, listen. I think we have time for one more before we let you go. Okay. When can I trim shrub roses, spirea, and wygelia? Spring. Just like. Just go like ahead that. And, and if I can mention Hennepin Master Gardeners dot org, we are having a virtual final fall interval booth from eleven to twelve thirty today. Hennepin Master Gardeners dot org. You can find the link with the call. Come and join. Glad. Glad you brought that up. Teresa, thanks so much for your help. Have a good week, and we'll talk soon. Good to talk to you. Happy growing, everybody. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney here on our Smart Garden Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.